Welcome back to the Built by Bailey's podcast. And if this is your first time tuning into particularly this type of Built by Bailey's podcast, the Real Estate Reward with Morgan Schmidt, then welcome to your first one. This is episode two of the Real Estate Reward. And Morgan, I'm so happy to have you back. This is cool. Sorry for last week. Uh, Sometimes life just happens. So I had some well, stuff I'd take care you. of. <laughs> thank you for having me back. Well, I'm glad we could do this again. I am, again, excited for episode two. And I'm also excited um, to talk about some stuff and dive into some stuff in the real estate world on kind of the interest rate uh, the interest rate news and some of the conflicting information we're not getting from the feds. And I'm especially after what happened yesterday, I don't know if you were paying attention to um, some of the market stuff. Fed Bostic had um, a out of the blue comment that I want to kind of get into um, and then kind of get your opinion on a few things real estate market wise as far as I know we were talking right before we jumped on about you not being a fortune teller uh, and none of us are. <laughs> but I want to hear opinions, especially since you're out in Florida. I'm here in Colorado. Um, I have my opinion on, on kind of stuff that's going to kind of go down and I kind of want to get your opinion on you because you're much more deep into the real estate world at this moment than I am as far as career stuff. So um, I'm definitely excited to talk about some of those things. But uh, before we get started, if you guys are watching on the YouTube channel, hit the like button if you appreciate us. That really helps us, helps Morgan. Um, make sure if you haven't subscribed, I appreciate it if you guys subscribe. And it's also going to be on Morgan's YouTube channel as well. So help us out. Um, give us your feedback, comments below. If you're listening on the audio version on all platforms, welcome, enjoy it. And Without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, also want to make sure that we have on the video side, if you guys are watching, make sure you guys follow Morgan on Instagram. Um, if you're listening, then that, all that stuff's in the description at the bottom of the podcast as well. So all the fun social media stuff. Morgan, how is it going for you? How, how has the last two weeks been since last time we talked? How, how are you doing? Do you have new listings? Tell us kind of what's going on uh, career-wise for you right now. Um, so my team has a listing in Hyde Park. It's North Hyde Park, so the Soho area, which is one of the best areas in the world. It is, you know, we did change it. Um, it was listed as cash only, and so we did change it to conventional as well because it could do a someone could do a rehab loan. Um, okay. FHA doesn't go up to the price point, so we just did that, and just working with sending buyers properties. So. We uh we had a couple tours, which was fun. I got to work with one of my teammates, Trisha, and she and I just love touring homes together. So it's been a good week, two weeks. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. That's that's exciting. I'm curious about this this listing, this new listing you have. Um, you're saying before it was just cash only because you thought there would be no ability to get lending on it at all, and now you found out you can get some sort of conventional, just not FHA. So it is my teammate Trisha's listing and um, we, I am helping her with it because she's a little bit um, 
it's her first listing, so I'm very happy mm-hmm. for her. And it is at a higher price point. So homes in that area do go very fast. And the only roadblock we're running into right now is that it is a historic home. And so we oh. do not think that it can get ripped down. It does have termite damage. Okay. So now we're, you know, more leaning towards somebody who would come in and rehab it versus because it is a RM24. So it does allow up to four units on the property. Okay. So basically <laughs> we've had comments of should have just let the termites finish the job because <laughs> then we, you know, the historic home could have been ripped down, but it is beautiful. It has original trim. It's got the original doors with the crystal knobs and it's just, you know, it is really pretty. It's got a massive front porch. Um, so cool. we do, we do want, you know, the woman who's selling it's never been on the market. It's a 1925 home. And so her family has just owned it. And so, you know, this is the first time it's hitting the market. And so it does need a little bit of work, but it's definitely worth the investment. You know, rental, it could rent for, you know, up to $4,000, $4,500 in that neighborhood because it is a three bedroom, one bath. Um, I do think that if somebody moves in there and, you know, they add a bathroom, that it would greatly increase the value. Okay. So you said the zoning on the lot allows for up to a four unit complex, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have multi multi-family on that lot. But the problem is it's supposedly deemed historic or is it landmarked? I mean, out here we have if we have a landmark, it can still get changed, but it is a big process and it takes a long time. It is. It is um, part of the historic district. It did become a historic home January 1st. So, oh my you know, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, which is good for buyers because we don't want them buying a home and then thinking they're going to knock it down and that happens. So I'm glad it happened um, on our end. So basically, you know, it needs to get fixed up and then it'll be a great home. Um, I suggested that we have a structural engineer come mm-hmm. out and, you know, check it out to see if it would even pass code if it would, you know, be a viable home. Um, but the tough part is getting, you know, clients don't, when they're doing as is, they just want to do as is. They don't want to put any extra money in. I always suggest doing a pre-listing inspection um, so that way you can get rid of some of the problems before listing it. Um, but we did not do this with this home because she does not want to put any money into it. Um, but we did, she did tent it. So we okay. got it tented for both types of termites, subterranean and the swarm, like the other kinds. So okay. all WDOs it's treated for. So they're, you know, they're done damaging, but all those homes in that area are wood frame. They all have termites every couple of years. So there are older trees. They're deemed historic as well. So it is difficult to remove some of the trees. Interesting. And sometimes can be unfortunate when something's landmarked um, and has significant damage on one end or another because i think the caveat with that is we don't want to tear down everything and especially those older homes that have so much unique millwork and you know historic value at the same time can create big problems because if it's a it's a home that needs that much work then one no one's really going to look at getting into something you know, if it's over a, a specific ARV or it's just like an after repair value, if you were to put work into it, you get stuck on on the upside down momentum of that. You know, there's equity being lost if you put that much money into it. 
Um, so sometimes those can get really difficult. Certainly there's a lot of ways out of it. And I know in Florida, a lot of those foundations are actually, um, they're actually a wood, they're a wood sill foundation. So what that means is your, you know, your foundation, which is obviously below grade, although not very deep out there because it's very warm most of the time, it's still wood and if termites get to the structural integrity of the home below grade, then you have bigger problems, which means it can only be torn down, but the historic landmark doesn't allow you to do that. Um, so those are going to be fun <laughs> for sure. And I think you're right on the, you're right on there with the structural engineer coming out. And if there's a way to still get there and get information out, I think that'll be helpful. I don't know if you've done that yet or not, but. So we have um, an arborist coming to look at the tree in the backyard. Cause it is a pretty big tree, um, but it does kind of go sideways. So, you know, we're not sure if we're allowed to remove the tree. Um, so I do think that, you know, with remodeling and fixing what needs to get fixed, even if we have to, you know, if we have to jack up the foundation, it's, they do it on these homes all the time to replace mm -hmm. things. Um, but without, if the, you know, if everything is okay underneath, I think it'd only be 40 to $65,000 worth of work that would need to be done. And I do think if the tree can be removed and a duplex could be added in the back, you know, those homes are selling for 1.4 million. So we do have it listed at 700,000 because the lot alone is worth 550,000. Okay, cool. So your opinion um, on this listing, what would you advise if you were on the, if you were the buyer agent on this, what would you advise a buyer? There's, I mean, probably going to be an investor type buyer coming in most likely. What would you advise them to do right off the bat? Just kind of getting that information. Um, I would suggest, you know, before they even make an offer, do their due diligence with zoning. Um, I do think us having the arborist coming out is going to answer a lot of questions because there is, you know, enough parking for a duplex there, you know, it's, it's allowed. Um, everyone on that street has something built in the backyard mm -hmm. because rental one bedrooms, you know, are going for $2,500 a month. So it is a really high, it's the hottest market in Tampa. So, you know, I do think that it would be once they do their due diligence or once we have the arborist report that they would, um, if they go under contract, if their offer is accepted, I think the first step would be to get a structural engineer out there during the inspection period. Agreed. Yeah, I think that'd be smart. Um, on top of, you know, regular home inspector, I think a structural engineer getting out there to assess obviously the damage has been halted at this point, but to assess what has happened to the home and then get a look at anything else that could be, you know, a potential problem I think is, is key. And again, like Morgan said, it's, and I've told people all the time, it's not that you can't do these things it's about how much the cost will be. And is it worth the investment? But on these lots, you have the ability to, you know, add value right away, which is great. So sounds like a really good listing. Um, I wish you the best of luck on that one. We'll send me the info. We'll have that linked to everything here too, but uh, we'll, we'll put it out there because out of state buyers are always looking for stuff, especially in our market where things are still, although cooled off a bit, they're still pretty intense as far as value. So we're always looking yes. everywhere. Um, cool. Well, I like that. That's, that's, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. 
Okay, so I have a question for you because Rafael Bostic, um, one of the Fed members yesterday, out of the blue, about midway through afternoon market hours, came out and said, although he's not a voting member, came out and said that there's they're looking to pause their rate hikes by midsummer. Okay. Perfect. Um so here, here's how what that means for everybody that's listening. It's like, okay, so does that mean great? Well, rates are coming back down? Great. Well, first of all, it's not a pivot, which means they're not going to start cutting rates. But there is, and that really depends on how everybody else from the Fed, because a lot of Fed speakers today come out and let's see what their sentiment's going to be. Again, he's not a voting member, but this is, and Bostic has done this in the past, but this is coming on the, on the coattails of the FMC minutes saying, they're going to continue at the next meeting at a at, uh, minimum 25 BPS. So, you know, 25 quarter rate hike at the next meeting, which is coming up in about two weeks. And after that, they're going to continue raising the rest of the year. There was the potential talk and of even a 50 BPS hike by the next meeting. And suddenly Rafael Basta comes out and says, we might, we're going to, it looks like we're positioned to pause by midsummer. Um, the reason the Fed is raising rates, do you know why? What are we um, battling right now? It's really bad. Inflation. Inflation, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in order for the Fed to combat this, this enormous move on inflation, which has actually crept up based on all the data that's come out in the last month, has, come, has started to creep back up. So the sentiment is and the, what the fed will do is okay inflation is not cooling off in fact it's running hotter again so we have to continue to raise rates and this has been the talk until yesterday bostic comes out and says we're positioned to pause by midsummer which created in the stock market a very interesting um move rapidly up in most of the markets and what what people weren't expecting was that to actually happen so yeah. if they're going to pause, that means rates, let's just say that happens. Rates will be capped off at whatever they're going to end up being. Let's just say it's a 25% rate, twenty five hike here. So another quarter bump by summer. Then, then rates don't move anymore. In the real estate world, that could possibly be a great thing, right? Because yeah. now people are like, okay, I can, if I can still buy now and they pause by summer, hottest time of the year in most markets to buy, that market could really get hot. Is that potentially a, a, a kind of a bullish or a move upward for you as far as looking at like, okay, the real estate market out here could get hot again and could, you know, potentially turn into what last summer was or the summer before? Um, or is that, for me, my view would be that's them, the feds, admitting that we're heading directly into a recession and they're going to let inflation run hot for quite a while, which good for some markets, horrible for everyone else. So yes, rates could slow down or pause by midsummer, which could help real estate. But if everyone's running through inflation and we're heading to a recession, it could actually be counterproductive to the real estate market. That's my opinion. I don't actually see that being a reaction that's positive. But it's I guess time will tell. Everyone was quite shocked by the statement. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. That, with all that information being said, where do you see your market in the next six months? Let's say by by mid July, what do you what do you what are you hoping for? What do you think? So honestly, I think that 
you know, them pausing rates hiking is a great thing because we have seen a slowdown in our market. And, you know, prior to this, we weren't able to get first time home buyers into homes. We weren't able to get anyone with FHA. We were barely able to get people with conventional because it was cash only. And so now we're seeing the market kind of the investors are, you know, pulling back a little bit because mm-hmm. um, their, you know, rehab or hard money loans have gone up. And so I think that's great because, you know, right now we're able to get closing costs and things covered. You know, I think that it's not going to be a full on housing recession like it was because there's laws against predatory lending now. And so it's a way different ball game, you know, from what it was in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I think it's going to be a good thing to, you know, lock in rates um, just so it doesn't continue the rise. I think everyone's kind of used to the new price, like they're used to the new price tag on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are recognizing that they can get point buy downs from sellers. So sellers will, you know, contribute money at closing to buy down their rate. And so, you know, for the first year, it's it's going to be a lot cheaper monthly. And then the second year, it's going to be about half of that. Um taken off monthly. And by that time, I, you know, we are hoping that rates would go down. And so it is, you know, we are able to get people into homes, even with a higher interest rate until they can refinance. Um, and for very cheaply, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if closing costs are covered and you have a first time home buyer that's actually getting a home accepted and they ask for, you know, closing cost point buy down, they're able to move in for about as much as an apartment because rent just keeps in- increasing here. Mm-hmm. And so people are realizing, oh, you know, even with the higher interest rate, it, you're paying 100% interest rate when you're renting. Yeah. And I do think the market's about to get pretty hot out here because everyone flooded to Florida during COVID. During yeah. 2001, yeah. 2020, everyone flooded here. And so all these people signed, you know, two-year leases. And so all those are... And they came with money from selling their mm-hmm. home up north. Mm-hmm. And so I think this market is its going to be great to lock it in. Um, but there are still going to be a lot of you know, cash buyers coming here who weren't able to secure a home and had to do a long-term rental home. You know, builders, I think it's great because builders are offering, you know, with their financing, they're offering locked in lower rates as well. So it does give some competition there. Um, big money, you know, big banks are offering very low interest rates as well. I don't suggest ever going with a big bank because of all the added fees and they're Mm -hmm. just very hard to work with. Um, but we are seeing kind of a shift in, okay, well, there's other ways that we can lower the interest rates with different avenues. So yeah, I don't think it's going to affect our market very much if it, is locked in, I think it's just going to be a positive thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, the biggest, the biggest issue in the markets that was causing the slowdown. And I, I, I preface slowdown with, you know, I've been in this real estate industry for a long time. I'm a very old guy. I've been through ebbs and flows. I made, I went through 2008. I made money, um, during that period. I mean, there's it, real estate's very, very interesting and it ebbs and flows like everything else. Um, but it was very, 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 very hard to watch for a lot of people that the nationwide was, it was a, it was a horrible time in the, in the real estate world. It's a hor- horrible time economically. Um, 
And the problem that's been kind of creeping up is the fact that the, the value of homes has just gone up so immensely quick. Um, and I apologize to my mom because I don't think that was actually grammatic, grammatically correct. Um, but heaven forbid I can never get things right. So it, it, it created a, a really, really tough market for a lot of people to get into. Yes, people with money have moved from very, very expensive markets into, into markets that are, were not expensive at all. In fact, they were very inexpensive. And I mean, I saw the same thing out here for many years coming from California, Texas, um, New York, you know, all these places where the real estate values there were much higher and they can get a home here at half the price, um, which started driving our prices up even further, right? Mm -hmm. But they're coming in with lots of cash. When that cash buyer leaves the market or the supply of that buyer suppresses, then so does the price. So the price is hanging out. Yeah, so the price is hanging out, but then the problem was we've got massive inflation problems that the Federal Reserve has to take care of. So they start driving interest rates up to slow down inflation because overall, inflation running that hot is going to actually create more economic problems where people are going to start losing their jobs because businesses can't, can't hold people. So if you're losing your job, you can't get a loan. If you can't get a loan, you can't buy a house. Rates keep going up. Prices didn't really cool off like they should have. So now you have high prices and high interest rates, which means no buyers, right? And that's the biggest problem we've seen. Now, if we pause and people can deal with the rates as is right now, which I'm, depending on market, I'm questioning some of that as is. At some point, rates either have to come down or prices to continue to drop because most people still can't get in. I'm still watching lenders not qualify people that are making a decent amount of money. Um, jobs reports I keep watching because I'm curious to see if we're going to pause. That means recession. Recession means more layoffs. That means more people out of work. So how is this all going to work? And I'm not trying to be the pessimist here, but my concern with these comments yesterday is it sounds good on the surface, but what does that really mean? We still need out here, we still need prices to continue to come down. And the only way to do that is to increase the supply in the market. If people start getting scared by economic conditions, they ain't selling what they already own unless they can't afford it anymore. So like Morgan said, if you can lock in and that rate makes sense to you, go do it. If you're looking to get in even to your first home, go get locked in before things get worse. So I think prices here are actually kind of going down. Like I'm for even for FHA loans, you know, I was able to get my last buyer $30,000 off asking price. And okay. our back end valuation said it was worth asking. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's on a $330,000 home to now being a $300,000 home. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it is dropping a little bit. Um, you are seeing very like low offers being accepted. Mm-hmm. So I do think it is kind of a sweet spot right now. Um, and I do think prices are going to go down here because they were jacked up <laughs> from yeah. all the out-of-state buyers, all the investors, all the foreign investors. Mm-hmm. Everyone came in here and bought up all the property. And, mm-hmm. you know, they raised the rent and they raised house values because they're here, you know, flipping these homes. And so 
well, that's great and all. People are starting to realize, oh, they didn't really do a good job on flipping these homes. You know, the paint's already peeling on the front. So there's give and take. You know, I I think it's going to lower home prices when the market stabilizes. Um, right now we're still in a housing crisis. We still only, you know, have 60% of the inventory that we need for all the residents of home buying age in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're seeing so. a lot of the same stuff here. Um, I, I, I've been, and I, what I watch when I watch for prices to move down, I watch the investment markets first. So like for us, the investment market, the biggest part of that is resort type communities where like ski communities that we have, we have a lot of ski resorts out in Colorado and um, Airbnb is uh, like, everybody knows is a big deal. There's a lot of a lot of movement towards those investments. People can either rent them short term or long term. But when I watch those markets, which are which were extremely inflated, start to drop in price, but even more so starting to sit on the market longer and to have price reductions of fifty to a hundred thousand dollars per listing, that's when I know it's a telltale sign of the residential primary market starting to move. And we have seen that whereas before you, if you didn't offer thirty to fifty thousand dollars over the list price, you weren't even going to get a look. And now, like you were saying, you can come in and see list price and offer thirty to forty, fifty thousand dollars less, and probably get a look. Especially the end of last year, there was a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally was involved in a couple couple deals on the buyer side where we did that, and we still got even the buyer saying, "I don't think so, Shane. I think that's too low." And I said, "There's it doesn't matter right now." I'm looking at data. How long yeah. has it been listed? How many times has it fallen out of contract? You know, this is what it is. It depends, you know, depending on what the situation is, but that was what was happening. And so all of a sudden, instead of writing a check for well over, instead of waiving appraisals, instead of, you know, doing appraisal gaps, now we're getting back to a market where I think it's still inflated, but we're starting to bring it back towards a normal price point because people are offering less than list. If it continues to go that way and rates do pause by this summer, that could probably help a lot of people. Yeah. We'll see. But my bigger concern is we're heading into a deep recession. I don't know what that means overall for the real estate market. So I'm it's I'm it's interesting to hear that you have that same sort of sentiment that I do out here. So and also like our investor market was very saturated. So if we are looking at it from an investor standpoint, you know, everyone stopped buying. Um, Airbnb has slowed down and that's where a lot of investors make money. There are Mm -hmm. cities like St. Petersburg who have completely blocked any new short-term rental uh, licenses. So we are kind of (laughs) at capacity with uh, Airbnbs down here. And we are seeing, you know, some investors who put so much money into a property in order for it to be an investment now are red taped from it being a short-term rental and they Mm -hmm. have to turn for it to be a long-term rental. And we're seeing, you know, homes that are easily worth $130,000 because the amount of work they need done listing at $200,000 and they're staying on the market longer, but they are getting purchased for near purchase price. And Mm -hmm. so it, you know, it kind of depends on what you plan on doing with the property, I guess. Yeah. Like residential, it's good. Investment, not so great right the now. The investment market is not great. It's not great anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I and because Airbnb and Verbo and all those got really hot for a while, 
it did create a really, really tough scenario for primary residences. Um, again, going back to what we deal with here in Colorado, it's, you know, the, the investment market was almost, I mean, there was homes being built left and right just because they knew they were going to get an Airbnb investor. And those properties got snatched up right away. And then I'm talking about brand new homes, brand new multifamilies that are getting snatched up for Airbnb investors. But the problem is, where does it, the people that are working up in the mountain communities, where do they live? If the investors are buying everything, you're having a huge breakdown in primary residences. Or there's, there's no inventory for people that actually have to live and work there. So you're pushing people out of those communities and having to live further away. And eventually, they can't take that commute, especially with the weather. And so they have to leave their job. And so that's why you're seeing some of those layoffs. I mean, everything is very connected. It's called contagion. And that's why I know so many people listening and watching are very big Airbnb um, you know, equity investors. They like the stock. They like the company. And this is why I'm kind of bearish on it is because I don't like it because I'm seeing what's happening with these markets. We have a lot of um, resort communities that have now banned any more Airbnbs from being purchased. You can no longer have short, short-term short rentals in these communities. The ones that are there are grandfathered in, but all the stuff that's being built at this point is not going to be allowed for anything but primary residence or long-term rental. And that's all because there's no one there that is able to get into a home, whether it's rent or buy, that is able to live in these communities. And it's not just the mountain communities here. It's happening a lot of other places, too. City of Denver is really cracking down on that. So something to watch for sure. Um, but that's the market I'm continuing to keep my eyes on because that's the telltale sign of where these prices are going to go. I still think prices are going to continue to come down. And I know for some reason people don't want that, but we have to have that because people have to be able to, there's, there's no affordability right now. And if you continue to make thing, everything else more expensive, there's got to be a break somewhere. And if we don't have that break, then you're continuing to see the rental market hot. And the hotter it gets, the higher the rents go. You can see how that problem can just kind of spiral out of control. So I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I know as, a, as an agent, you like to see rates stop or come down because that's right now the only way to get people into homes, to make mm -hmm. them more affordable. I'd rather see rates continue to be pushed up. I mean, I've been in markets where people are qualifying at seven, eight, nine percent. Mm -hmm. I've watched that. And that, I mean, that maybe that dates me a little bit, but I mean, our first home was five and a half and people think that was outrageously high. My parents' first home, they bought it and there was almost 12% interest. Yeah. But the price it's didn't equate to it, the, the income coming into the home either. So it's all relative. It is, you know, they say that, um, that, you know, interest rates were so high that it was historically low. So people kind of got spoiled because mm -hmm. it was at historically low rates. And now, you know, they're kind of normalizing and this is sadly going to be the new norm, I think for a while. I mean, especially mm -hmm. if they're going to be freezing the interest rate. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was a lot for people to recognize that and now everyone's feeling a little bit more comfortable um but we're not i'm not seeing the properties going for thirty forty thousand dollars over appraisal which i think is keeping gonna keep the prices relatively low because it only appraises for this that's what that's we're right. paying so people are paying a lot less for the homes so the homes in the area aren't 
you know, well overpriced. Um, they're just at appraised value now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that continues. I think that's the, the solution is not to pause or pivot on the interest rates. I think those need to continue to move up. That's my that's my economic view. I want to see the market at real estate wise continue to drive down price. Let's continue to drive this price down. And as a builder, that's kind of tough to, to swallow because the cost of construction is astronomical, which is why we're trying to do things on the alternative construction side to get the price of building a home down. But if we continue to drive the price of the home overall down, that's going to help the market conditions overall. We need to have that. There's, I keep telling people there's going to be more opportunity here in the next six months, and it's not because interest rates are going to drop. I actually don't see that really happening. But what we're watching is is these these listing prices drop, the overall value of a home coming down. And yes, people that are in homes right now are probably covering their ears because that's not what they want to hear. But unless you're looking to sell your home in the next year, I wouldn't worry about that at all. Mm-hmm. Over time, real estate is a great investment because it only continues to go up. You may see some lower lows, but that is very, very short term in this in this type of industry. And if you're there for even five years, you're going to make money in your home and you'll be just fine. If you're buying and selling and you're flipping, I would be a little more hesitant. Otherwise, I'm not worried about it at all. In fact, I'm I'm praying that these home prices continue to get pushed down. Let's get more supply in the market. That's on you guys as builders too. Um, I'm hoping all of that continues to go down. I don't want to see the rates for sure pivot. If there's a pause, we can kind of take a breath. That's one thing, but um, I don't want people to overreact to what's happening, but I don't like the overall situation. I just want to see these prices come down. So hopefully that happens. I mean, it is a little bit. Yeah. Day by day. Yeah, I'm seeing it slow down for sure. It's definitely been a slowdown since probably October last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm hoping that that trend continues and we should be able to kind of make things make sense to most people again. Let's get more people into homes. They should be able to buy these things, um, especially first time buyers. It's been a tough market, as you know, for first time buyers. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also seeing a lot of new. construction neighborhoods, you know, townhouse communities, single family home communities, they are putting restrictions saying you have to live, it has to be owner occupied for Mm -hmm. two years prior to being able to turn it into a rental, whether Mm -hmm. it's long-term or short-term rental. And a lot of them, you know, specify it has to be at least a 12 month lease. Right. Um, But then we do have builders like DR Horton that are building fully leasable (laughs) communities. Like they're not even up for purchase. So it kind of goes back and forth, but I do like the restrictions that they're putting right now so that all of our inventory isn't being bought up and prices aren't being jacked up. Yeah, I agree. And I I know all those Airbnb guys are hating to hear that, but I think it has to happen. Certain markets, certain communities that has to happen. Um, I'm not opposed to short-term rental stuff. I just think that we have to fix the overall supply issues with people trying to live in these communities and work. Um, it, it's creating such an issue that 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 has to be driven, and I think a lot of Airbnb type investors in brand new home communities doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I would be hesitant as an investor to do that anyway, because why would you want to Airbnb in a neighborhood, depending on where you are? And I know out here it doesn't really matter anymore; people just want to come to Colorado and hang out. But yeah. I'd be I'd be careful about that type of investment, depending on where it is. So. Um, 
yeah, I'm glad to see it. I hope that helps kind of drive prices down too, but we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see at this point. Yeah. Well, Morgan, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I know you are up against a time crunch. You are a mother as well and you have a child in school and you got all kinds of fun stuff coming up. Um, I'm glad we got this in always a good conversation. Um, let's plan on next week for all you guys listening and watching. We're trying to do this once a week. So, uh, once again, if you guys like content, hit the like button, make sure you guys go follow Morgan on Instagram. There's the stuff. If you don't, if you're listening, once again, it's in the description below. Um, definitely follow her, especially if you're out in Florida, she is the person to contact for real estate. Um, and then, everything else you guys know about here on the Bill by Bailey's channel and on the audio platform. So I appreciate you guys listening, watching Morgan, go back to making some money and go help some people. I appreciate you being here and we'll be in touch. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Talk soon. Bye.